This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the PowerCat podcast, gopowercat.com's Kansas State Athletics show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. Today, we will be talking exclusively about the passing of Raquel Welch and what it means to me in my childhood. This will be uh, an inappropriate podcast. What? Just so everybody, no clue what that. Just reference. so everybody. Okay, uh, so my ahead. my fellow olds, actually those older than me, um, will understand what I just said. But the young guys are scrambling, and I hope they find the cave woman photo of Raquel Welch. The Kansas City bomber was trending and, on the day of the Kansas City parade because Raquel Welch starred in a movie called Kansas City Bomber, and she passed away on the same day as the parade. So it was that's, trending. That's, on that's wild. <laughs> Oh, I gotta love the more you know. SEO. Huh. Well, I could say something, uh, but I'm not. Welcome to the podcast. I just had to cut something out right there. Um, we hope you're having a great day. I'm I'm fired up to be here. I got a lot on my mind. Also about my next trip to the fridge, wholesale liquor at the corner of this and that in the town in which we live. They've got everything you need. And right now, as a K State basketball fan, you need a lot of what they have. So if you're thinking about handling your problems the way I handle mine, head on into the fridge. Say Fitz sent you, and don't admit that you know Ryan Gilbert. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, uh, Cole Carmody, and that guy, Ryan Gilbert, who subbed for me on the walk and talk post game at Oklahoma. How'd I do? You did a great job. Good, good. Yeah, you stink. You like how I walked in the walk and talk? You just Crazy show idea. off. You young kids. Just going all willy-nilly with the walk and talk. I'm surprised you didn't forget how to talk. Oh, I did. I did. You got a lot of production from the bench. Yeah. Did you go one take? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I rarely do on the walk and talks. Yeah. Usually someone will walk behind me and make a face or I think I'll, that I'll think of you and <laughs> have to start over. I think no one was in the arena by the time Gills did it. No one was in the arena during the game. Just Hey. <laughs> hey. You'd be nice. Sorry. It's funny. I got all the way down because we were way up there for the media section. I got down to record the walk and talk, and I left my phone up there, and I forgot the passcode for the GPC phone. So I had to go all the way up and back down. It was a, an adventure. My God. Sorry. That was not a good story. I'm sorry. 
thought there was going to be a car chase or a knife fight or something. Oh, there was. That we'll tell you about okay. later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so stop into the fridge when you're in town. Uh, the Cats lose at Oklahoma, in case you missed that. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know that information, I got a lot of questions for you. Uh, but uh, the Cats did lose. They stunk it up again, particularly in the second half. But let me ask you this, Gills. Did you feel like in the first half, you're like, okay, they're not playing great, but they're they're involved. They're mm-hmm. here. They're focused. First half looked fine. I would have put money if I was in Kansas for this game on at halftime. I would have live bet it for K-State. Yes. Like $125 worth, yeah. skills. Yeah, would you have done that? <laughs> Somebody here might have done that. Not me, though. Not me. I was on Couldn't the Couldn't be me. I'll just say I had way too much faith that this team would wake up and go. And honestly, it just got worse as they got deeper into the second half. Yeah. I'm the most positive person when it comes to Kansas State sports on yeah. this podcast. And I not was last night. negative last night. What does that mean? Yeah, not last <laughs> night. One of us decided to... Keep live betting. Boy, I was going to win a lot of money. That's pretty much the story of my betting career. I was so close. This is why I don't sports bet, period. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Just say no. The Kansas legislation knows what they're doing when they made it legal. I'd... They better name a road after me. <laughs> we were just checking here. Apparently, Tim Fitzgerald contributed $3.2 million to this road alone. We're going to name it the Fitzgerald Highway. The good news is you don't have to take it into your taxes because you don't make enough money. All right, because I'll be broke. Not even I probably won't even have property taxes at that point. Anyway, um, K State comes home on Saturday to play Iowa State. They better they better get going here. They're running out of time. Jerome Tang brought up something interesting in post game. Cole said, "Hey, got to win two more to be locked in." Now, I personally think they're locked in. I mean, I, I would think losing out might get them off the bubble, but I think they're locked in. They're not going to lose out. No. They're not going to lose out. They'll figure it out, and they'll beat that Oklahoma team here. Yeah, if they can't beat Oklahoma coming to Manhattan, they they don't deserve to be in at that point. If you can't defend your home court, like losing on the road, that you can see it by how they really haven't fallen in the rankings. They stayed Mm -hmm. the same after losing at Tech. Losing on the road in the Big 12 doesn't hurt you. So if they win on Saturday, do they stay at number 12? I think they drop no matter what. Yeah, they'll yeah, drop no matter what. This was yeah. their second life of— This was a yeah. a multiplier loss. Right. It wasn't two losses. It kind of felt like yeah. four now mm-hmm. put together. It didn't feel like a fluke at all. I think this is kind of what we're we're, we're discovering about Kansas State, mm-hmm. right? But don't say they look tired. Oh, trust oh, me, I won't. That's a horrible attack. Mm. Attack their character with that. <clears throat> well, that leads right into the first question. Here we go. Want to get going. Questions from Wabash Station with the first half. It's cool comedy. From Jim Cat, is Keontae Johnson showing the effects of not playing for two years? Well, let's add some context to my previous comment. Mm-hmm. The Johnson family isn't happy with me and friends and family. It's like they got a plan. They got a you know like a calling group, I think. Um, because I said Keontae looks gassed. He hasn't played basketball in two years and and appears to have hit the wall. They they have decided I've attacked him for his heart issues. The the guy sat out two years. I don't care if it's because he fell off his bike or nobody wanted him. He wasn't eligible academically. And actually, I'll I'll just double down in the way they don't they think I did. Yeah, it's a heart issue because he couldn't even exercise. Mm-hmm. He couldn't do anything. And I don't care if you're in peak condition. If you take a year, 18 months off from conditioning, you're not going to have the same depth of conditioning you had before. He's even shot short. He's, boy, even his dunk last night, he barely got the thing over the rim. 
And we're talking about a guy at the KU game in Manhattan that about jumped out of the gym for an alley-oop and, and the last play of the game where he hit the ball in the air. He's so high, it's amazing. Guys, he's not getting those that hop anymore. Um, yeah, so I apparently have uh, brutally attacked Keontae on social media, and I apologize for saying he looks tired because he can't possibly be tired. He's Keontae. I agree with all that, but I think it gets deeper when yeah. you look at some of his body language that we've body language that we've seen on the court. It it hasn't been great at times. Him and Noel, I think, have been a little chirpy at times. And going back to Tuesday evening in Norman, you know, Coach Tang went out of his way to mention how obviously you're in bracketology, like you mentioned. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but with Keontae Johnson, this was kind of a subtle jab at him. Tank said it doesn't matter what draft board you know selection you're at right now. You, you gotta keep playing and lock in every night. And I don't care what you know. Tang doesn't care what you know your draft projection is. You got to keep playing. And so it obviously is. You know he's hasn't played for two years, and, and sure that's having a big impact on this. But I think the effort hasn't been there for the entire team as of late. And Keontae Johnson certainly no different with that. I feel like the guys around him need to step up. Um, that's something I'm sure we'll get into, but you cannot have Cam Carter be a starter and not score any points for two games in a row. I don't believe he scored on, uh, on Tuesday night. The whole team looks tired, it, 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 but it's, 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 it's magnified when it's when your star player. And I, th- I think what's going on with Keontae, I agree. I think he is fatigued. I mean, it's impossible to watch him play and say, this is the same player that we saw at the beginning of conference play. I think we got to take into account too, guys. I mean, at, after the Radford game, we asked him. Where are you at conditioning-wise? He said, I'm about at 85%. So according to him, by his logic, he's at 100% around right around the time when K-State's beating Baylor, K-State's beating Texas, and they're off to this hot start. It would make sense that he would kind of start to feel the effects of a season, and especially in a conference like the Big 12 where there are no off nights, literally. Um, so, yeah, I, I think combined with the fact that Tang pushed his guys really hard and he admitted that after the loss against Texas and before TCU, I mean, he said, this is not a normal week of practice. We were pushing them really hard. And so maybe that had something to do with it, right? Maybe the lingering effects of that. So I think it's time to do the opposite. Yeah. Zach, I think they, Wednesday's their day off of the week. Um, they have to take one day off, and it's always Wednesday during a Saturday, Tuesday swing. <coughs> I think they need as much Thursday off as possible, and Friday should basically be a shooting day with walk through the game plan. You already played Iowa State, unless mm-hmm. things have changed dramatically and how you're approaching it. These guys need to recharge more than anything. At this point in the season, why are you running them? <clears throat> why are you guys going hard in practice? You should be walking through offenses. Yep. You should be practicing free throws. Maybe. Yep. Maybe practicing three pointers yeah, a little bit. Go shoot. Go shoot. On the other end of that spectrum, though, the intensity, the effort has not been there. And when you're going light in practice, maybe mm-hmm. that can translate to your game on the court. I agree, but 100% guys, that these guys are gassed and you need to slow it down in practice. But how you practice is how you play, right? So I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, maybe there's a reason why K State's not locked in in these games. Maybe practices are are kind of going to dictate how they play on the court. Who knows? Maybe they need to go out to eat more as a team and go bowling and watch movies too. Oh, I want to do all that. that Marquise Noel said Marquise that last Noel night during the that. press conference. And he learned that from Bruce Weber. I think he learned it from Bruce. So I wonder if there's just a 
cultural difference, well, I guess, between but, what's going on right now. I, I want to I insert this observation. We've got a bunch of guys on this team who this is their first year of Big 12 basketball. And I, Keontae played in the Southeastern Conference. That's one of the higher levels. I mean, so did Desi at one point. And, but <clears throat> the Southeastern Conference doesn't have the night in, night out flogging you get in this conference. And it's not just competitive games. They're physical games. The refs let the teams play. And for every fan who says they called too many fouls, they got to let them play, that's the result. It was ugly at mm-hmm. times. Um, and honestly, it played in the favor of Oklahoma because K-State's not being physical right now. Uh, I I just think they've hit the wall mentally and physically. They're, they're not accustomed to this in any way. And to come back at me and say, well, everyone's tired this time of year. Well, you mean except the teams playing K-State because they're winning. Uh, I mean, that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, everyone's tired, but you have to play through it or you're less tired. There isn't just one level of tired. This team looks smoked. They look gone. And that tells me it's also mental. I think this is exactly like Iowa State last year. That's a point someone made on the board. This it's, is exactly it, like Iowa State. It can last be year. recovered, and I've never said it can't be recovered. They made the Sweet 16 last year. They came in seconds away from making an Elite Eight. If K State makes the Sweet 16 this year, all of this is forgiven. I mean, let's just let's just oh, keep it absolutely. on. Absolutely. I mean, all of this is forgiven. If you're going to go through a downtime, I know that, you know, there's some data out there that suggests you have to have a winning February in order to have a winning March. And our own Ryan Wallace is going to look at that uh, at some point uh, on the website. But, I mean, this just feels like this is rock bottom. And you'd rather be hitting rock bottom right now than a week from now, than two weeks from now. If they can figure out how to bounce back, they're going to be fine. They have the talent to do it. But, you know, this specifically asks about Keontae. I think it's about the team as a whole, just still trying to figure it out. Ryan, you talked always talked about it. what happens when adversity strikes. Adversity is more than just losing one game. It's what they're going through now. This is the real test. How do they respond from this? I'm more interested to see how they respond from this than I have been the entire season. I agree. I, agree. I, I, I just think Saturday's huge. For a couple of reasons. <clears throat> First of all, did you make any progress in looking rejuvenated? Does the home court provide that? The home crowd? And is Iowa State going to play like typical road Iowa State? Which is honestly the way K-State's been mm-hmm. playing. If Iowa State comes in as a bad road team and wins, uh, it's going to continue to magnify my concerns with this team that – they're just kind of broken right now. And you're right. They can get fixed. And if you're mentally tired, I think that goes away as soon as the ball goes up for the NCAA tournament. I mean, your your adrenaline kicks in. It's the tournament. So at some point, and maybe it would be in Kansas City, their adrenaline will kick in and they'll start playing better basketball. But physically, if you can't go at what the level you need to, again, this isn't a deep team. They played last night without Gasson, who got sick apparently during – was sick. They thought he could go, and he couldn't. You know, someone asked me about Gasson and his ability to play, and what's he mean? I'm, if anything, he's one more body. Yeah. Now, guys that were there, I, why didn't Tykee Green see the I, – I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Good question. I would have thrown Tykee out on the court to see if his energy 
would have provided yeah. any help to the team in the second half. I and again, I'm not in practice. I don't know what's going on with Tyke. Maybe he had a lousy week of practice, but he played in the first half briefly, but he played. He made a difference against TCU, a huge difference. In fact, I'm not sure without what Tyke did down the stretch, they do win that game. He just kind of gave the spark that set everything else off with rebounding and defense, and they needed rebounding and defense. Fitz, you mentioned the Iowa State game coming up. It's going to take more than just one win for me to be convinced this team is back because K-State won against TCU, like you mentioned, with with Tyke Green playing well. I kind of thought that was the game. Okay, they're back on the on the winning side of things. But now look what's happened, right? you got to stack wins for me to really be convinced and, and also steal a win on the road in the Big 12, which is not easy to do. But one win over Iowa State is not going to do it for me. Very fair. Oh, well, again, if you can't beat Oklahoma at home, you, you got issues. So I think it, you we're talking those two games, I think, accomplish what he wants. But here's the reality of the Big 12. Because of Oklahoma State's emergence, and I'm setting aside what happened last night with Kansas, because apparently Bill Self has done Bill Self magic, and they're playing at an elite level again. It's incredible. It just is. Um, Now that Oklahoma State's joined the party, a really good team, a team that in all likelihood will be in the NCAA tournament, is going to play on Wednesday in Kansas City. It's incredible. It's pretty amazing. It really is. Next question comes from Eric Schneid. Is there any player on this basketball team that is a true leader? Tang obviously has charisma and leadership, but I don't see any player who has the command slash respect of his teammates that can lead out on the floor. There's nobody right now. I think Desi Sills is the first person that kind of sticks out to me. I I like Desi as a leader too, but you can't be that guy if you're not starting. And that's not Desi's fault. I agree. That that brings an interesting point. I don't mean to step on a question, but... I mean, is it time to put Desi into the starting lineup? With the production you've seen Something. from Cam, I just don't see how you can't. <clears throat> I mean, Cam Carter is. We we can talk about the stars all we want, but Cam Carter is in a slump and a half. You'd be more. You'd be better off playing Tyke right now than you'd be playing Cam Carter. That's just honestly, that's just the truth. I know Cam plays really good defense most of the time, and he might be their best on-ball defender. But I mean, the question talks about a leader. I think if you insert Desi Sills into the starting lineup, he already plays starter minutes. But that sends a message to the rest of the team. Ryan, you talk about it all the time. Tang has said he's not married to a starting lineup. It kind of seems like he is right yeah. now. Yep. There's two guys on that team that I think their play the last two weeks deserve to start, and that's Bebe and that is Desi Sills. If not just to send a message to the rest of the guys that your spot is not safe. Yeah. Even if they play the same amount of minutes. Right. I agree. I think that's – you talk about – Eric Schneider talks about a leader. That's leadership from the coaching staff saying, hey – these guys have worked hard in practice and games, and they deserve a chance. I think, well, obviously, we're not at practice, but to answer this question, I think Desi can be that leader. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, if if you're not married to this lineup, you might want to think about buying a ring because you've been in a relationship with this lineup for quite a while. <laughs> um, you know, and, and you had Gasan go out of the lineup for a while because <clears throat> of his injury. Maybe you move him back out. Bebe, yeah. when not asked to play, 30 minutes a game is really effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he truly is. <clears throat> and and put him out there with his energy at the start. And then I feel like Gasan coming in later with his energy and his uh, ability to defend at a higher level would be really beneficial. I'm all down. Let's shake this thing up. Naquan, I'm fine with moving him off until last night. He actually played pretty well. He's, but... he's been better the last few games. I sure, think. Yeah. sure. Yeah, um, but... 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, but yeah, either one of those. What two. we saw against TCU was Naquan on the bench and Tyke out there playing the four, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. Not something he normally does, and he did great with it. Huh. I'm I mean, ready to try anything. Except- even Ish, like Ish Masood's defense is bad, right? Right. <laughs> For lack of a better term, but <laughs> right. I mean, at the very least, it would send a message to Naquan, like, "Hey, get it together, man." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Then. You know, something else that's bothering about this team is, and it's getting exposed because the advanced scouting of the Big 12 is making sure that players have to do things that make them uncomfortable. And sadly, for a lot of these players, dribbling is a challenge. Yes. I have to put the ball on the floor. Oh, it just went off my foot out of bounds. And I felt like Oklahoma, Porter Morsher did a great job of pre-scouting to the point where when Desi or Cam put the ball on the floor, the defender knew better what they were doing than they did. And they kind of sat off Marquise and said, oh, you want to dribble through the lane? Fine, we'll meet you at the rim. I mean, I just felt like they did a good job of scouting. Yeah, I mean, he's an Elite Eight, or he's Final Four, Final Four coach, as we all know, right? And so, I mean, everyone wants to talk about the negatives that Kansas State had on Tuesday, but there's two sides to every story. Oklahoma did play probably one of its best games of the season outside of that Alabama game. That's their best Big 12 game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And they shot, they made 11 threes, right? And so, you know, Oklahoma played well. But back to this question, we haven't even mentioned Marquise Noel. I would say he is the leader. Certainly off the court, he was kind of the glue, the anchor that kept, you know, I guess him and Masood together. But, you know, they were both pivotal in recruiting all these guys. But on the court, he wants to be that leader. And I love how he has that passion. But turnovers, man. Yeah, he just keeps pushing to make the big play. And that's not exactly what this team needs right now. I mean, he's misinterpreting it in a way, thinking, I'm the guy. I got to make a play here. Nobody else is making a play. But he almost needs to back off that and and demand someone else make a play. Until somebody – it's almost like he knows – he feels like nobody can make a play, so he's going to go try and make a play. And he, he can do it. We've seen him do it. But he is. I think we saw it the best this year. He's be- he's at his best when he is making passes and setting his teammates up. And I think if you ask Marquise, he'll tell you, my best trait is my ability to get others open. I mean, there's a reason why he's the single season leader in assists. Um, so yeah, I think I think he understands that. But I also think he 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 thinks and and honestly, he's right. Nobody else is making a play right now. Right. So that's this is kind of that the spot. It's, 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 it's a tough place for him to be in in this next question we're going to get to is about it. Um, the next one comes from AC6. Uh, are there any parallels between what Adrian Martinez experienced with turnovers while trying to make plays at Nebraska and what Marquise Noel is experiencing with turnovers trying to make plays lately? Is there any chance we yeah, see an ultra-cautious Noel emerge like we saw in Martinez in the early games of the football season? I don't think there's a version of Marquise that is ultra-cautious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, which I kind of appreciate. Yeah. I, I appreciate – I've grown to appreciate some of the things about Marquise because he's got a shooter's mentality, and I I don't want him to stop shooting. I know. Yeah. I want him to figure out why he's missing. And as I said on an earlier radio segment today, it might be because he's fatigued because shooting a ball from distance is muscle memory. This is the repetitive motion I make from 25 feet, from 23 feet. Here's the exact amount of oomph I need to put on the ball. That's a scientific term. Kids, if look it up if you don't understand what oomph is. Um, and maybe that math, that mathematics you do in your he- head when you release the ball is a little bit off right now because he doesn't have the same 
oomph that he had. Or maybe there's something that's gone wrong. Maybe the elbow's drifted out. Maybe his hand position on the ball is not quite right. Um, but I want I need him to assess that and figure it out. Who on this staff is the fundamental guy? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, me I mean, it's so new for this staff with us. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rodney Perry seems like being the offensive coach, he'd be that answer. Yeah. But, I mean, we he came in so late, it, you know, we really don't know. Yeah. I don't want Marquise to back off shooting the ball. That's his game. He has giant cojones. I just want him to regulate his cojona play to a point where he's not turning over the smaller ball that is called the basketball. Do you know what oomph means? Well, go ahead. You got the oomph is an acronym standing for one of my friends or one of my followers. This is a way to mention someone without directly naming them. That's not at all what I mean. <laughs> Are you on the regenerate, again? regenerate answer? <laughs> oh, I think for me, I, I agree with you on the last part. I, I don't think there is a, a cautious version of Marquise as he shouldn't be because he wouldn't be as good of a player. No, at that at that size, he can't. At that be. Size, you got to you got to have you got to be special. The big cojones, right? And I, I, I don't necessarily agree with the Adrian Martinez comparison because I don't think Adrian had the playmakers at Nebraska that he did at K State, obviously, and I don't think. I think Marquise has playmakers. We saw it early in the season. That's why he broke the assist record. I just – he kind of reminds me of a hitter who's kind of in a slump, right? I mean he starts off the season hitting 330 with, you know, hitting 15 home runs. And then for the past for the past 25, 30 games, he's hit 220. He still hits some home runs, not nearly as many. But he's just one click away from getting back to where he was. I feel like that's where we're at with Marquise, and I have confidence he'll return to that spot. But Mr. Gilbert, a lot of it depends upon his teammates because if his teammates aren't making shots, then Marquise is going to have to try and make the acrobatic play. This is exactly what happened last year. He didn't have the playmakers with Bruce Weber. Hey, do not disrespect Luke Kazuki ever again like that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, that's, That's where I'm at with Marquise. Well, and also, I noticed on a couple of drives, he would take it to the rim, and four guys would watch him do that and, like, pass it to me, pass it to me. Mm-hmm. Instead of – one of the things I loved about this team were the cuts to the rim that made themselves available, and I just don't see that happening all the time. And when they played well in the first half, that's exactly what they were doing. They were breaking down a defense with motion away from the ball. And right now I'm seeing Marquise doing a lot of stuff. Some of it he shouldn't. I recognize that. But nobody seems to be reacting to what your point guard's doing and making themselves available. And according to someone named Johnson on Twitter, it's because the rest of the team won't pass the ball to Keontae. I don't know if it's related. I don't. I, but So you know what it's like to have a family member of K-State men's basketball not liking you. You don't. The Kazookis don't like you? Shh. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't like the comparison with Martinez because the staff got in his ear and said, "Hey, don't turn it over," and he was just overly cautious. And Noel, like you said, Fitz, that's his strength: is taking those chances and having what was it? Kahunas? Kahones? Kahones? Yeah. You know, no, that's Noel's game. If you take that away from him, if you get in his ear and tell him not to do that. It's probably not going to go well. Look, I'll accept you don't know Raquel Welch, but you got to know Cajonas. Okay. okay. Sorry. Sorry. I know, Sorry. like, yeah, turnovers are a big deal, but they're a bigger deal in football than they are in basketball. Yeah. A, a football sure. and turnover, a, fo- a turnover in football is worth like four 
basketball turnovers. If oh, you more throw than that. Two interceptions, yeah. that's worth like eight turnovers in a game. That's not good. Maybe a little less. Maybe yeah. three. I'd say more. I'd say more, too. I'd really? say like six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you think about three turnover game being 18 basketball turnovers. Yeah. You could still win, but you'd be wondering how. Mm-hmm. Right. Four turnovers being 24, you're not winning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I guess I'm meaning personally. Mar- Marquise is not having 18 turnovers himself. That would be a bad on his day. own. You that probably need to stop doing for a team. Doing. Yeah, I get that, but there's another record he could set if he wants to. <laughs> yeah, I agree with y'all. Um, the last question of the pod, y'all. y'all. Yes, we're in the southern like southern you. part of America. Like Cephas. Thank you. Uh, the the last question of the first half comes from Cliff Cal- Cliff Clavelin seven five four. Clavelin. Oh, what did I say? You said it before. Calvin. Calvin. Cliff. Sorry. Again. Cliff. Clavin. Sorry, Cliff. You're fired. Okay. Uh, you uh, you are required to watch three seasons of Cheers. <laughs> okay. Do I have to watch it? With him? No, you don't watch TV. Okay. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> what are the odds Jerome Tang squad isn't going to have to play on Wednesday night in Kansas City, as he says the season is crashing down. Coin flip? I don't know. You know what? Let me I, look at this. I, I yeah, let me look standings. at standings better. Let me examine so them. So TCU and Iowa State are playing, I think, as we speak, or at eight, one of the two. Uh, NCAA men, standings. I, I'll, let me say this. Before I even look at the standings, I feel confident if K-State beats Iowa State and plays well against Baylor, they don't even have to win. If they play well against Baylor – and and we feel like they're back. That's not going to happen because it's the seven, eight, nine that, or it's the eight, nine, ten, and the seven seed play on Wednesday night too. Yeah. So basically, you just have to be better than TCU because they're six right. and six. Yeah. TCU's going to keep losing. I know. Yeah. Miles and Lampkin are out as we speak tonight, but once those guys get back, dude, you don't want to play them. Oh, that they're they're absolutely. If they're the team that plays on Wednesday. They might rip through the bracket and win the damn thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> they get those dudes back for the tournament. And you know what? If you're TCU, why not? What we saw from Lampkin, just rest him. I mean, they're in the turn. Well, they're 17 and 8. They might They'll need to win a few tournament. more games. But look, if they're going to get in the tournament at 17 and 8, K State at 19 and 7, I, I mean, that probably doesn't need to win two. But look. I don't think K State's there. You lose Saturday at with Iowa State at home, you're gonna. That's a worry. That's it. I mean, that's for me. That's the line. They're you lose in the at home. Seat to be the seven seat. If they go, yeah, they, they they keep playing this way. They Iowa win. State can be that team too. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Right. If you were to seed it today, if no more games were played after this, even including tonight, K State would be a five seed, which is kind of surprising to me. But they would be the five based on tiebreakers. So really. If you if you beat Oklahoma State, that's probably your biggest threat right now because you should beat TCU on tiebreaker, and then I guess they split. I don't know. Oklahoma State doesn't exactly have an easy schedule down the stretch. No, by the way, no. So Oklahoma State I, doesn't can, have an easy. They could very well be that schedule. Team. And if K State can beat Oklahoma State, I think I don't think they need to worry about West Virginia at all. I think that's what it comes down to is just one of those teams, and it's probably Oklahoma State. So they got to get to what nine conference wins to not be that seven seed. You'd hope, probably. You'd hope. I think nine wins probably gets you off that seven line. And so, so is that five hundred in conference? Yeah, I mean nine and yeah. nine. And because what are they seven and six right now? Yeah, yeah. Two more games is doable, and that should propel them. So we feel pretty good that they won't be that seven seed. Then is what we're saying. Yeah, with three home yeah. games coming up, you would 
You would hope K-State wins two based off of what we've seen this season. They've only got one loss at home, correct, mm-hmm. Texas? Yeah. So, yeah. And they can get maybe one against Oklahoma State or West Virginia as well. Yeah. So I, I think so. I'm with you all. Current Y'all. bracket, though, would be Iowa State in the 4-5 game. Wow. Mm. 11.30 a.m. for you, Fitz. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. The day bracket. Get your day started early. Finish it late. Tim Fitzgerald at the Big 12 Tournament. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast. Kansas City, I'm coming for you in a couple weeks. That's all I got to say. Is it a couple weeks? It's three weeks? What is it? It's it's way down. It's in the future. I'll be there. I think. I hope. Hope I'm back for the second half of this. Who knows? GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to this Power Cat Questions Podcast, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Champions edition. Ryan Gilbert, how are you doing today? Huh? Hmm? Are Steelers doing fine out there? Hmm? Wow, I've never gotten that joke. <laughs> Good. Hmm? Hmm? I watched the parade today. I would like to say this. Um, Parades are boring. I'm going to take that stand. I will die on that hill. Parades are stupid. I already went to two. I didn't need to go to this one. I mean, if they're not throwing out candy like Smarties to kids and like, and then they go into the Aggieville gutters that the night before had urine in them and then the kids eat them, it's not a parade to me. If K-State ever wins a national championship, will they have a parade in Aggieville? No, because Aggieville will be on fire. It was close to being on fire Sunday night. Really? It was. It got got a little heated down there. It got a little heat. Oh, there was definitely some heaters. Nice, good. Being good, good for them. Good going. Yeah. Um, I I uh, celebrated my own way here at home. Did you go to the fridge wholesale liquor? No, no, I don't do that. I do that, but no, I didn't do that Sunday. <laughs> but if you're in town, you should go to the fridge wholesale liquor. There's there's a rumor on the street that they sponsor this very podcast, and they've done it for many years. Fred Tulsa Liquor, it's in a former blockbuster, but please do not ask for Die Hard on VHS. And if you are a member of this podcast and you go into the Fridge Wholesale Liquor, unless your name is Tim Fitzgerald, they will have absolutely no idea who you are. They don't have any idea, except for some of the uh, managers. Uh, the rest of them don't know, don't care. Yes. They, they don't even check my ID anymore. Why? I, I don't know why you would assume I'm old enough. Look like at 20. Thank you. That's where we're going to start with this second half of the podcast. Ryan Gilbert, with that nice kindness, is now going to take over the questions from Wild West Station. From Jerome Yang, will Colin Klein stay at offensive coordinator until Chris Kleiman retires? I like this theory here. No, but yeah, I'm, I'm down for it. He'll be a head coach. He'll leave to right. be a head coach. Right. And he, he's not leaving for another offensive coordinator job. I mean, I think we saw that 
if he's not going to go to Notre Dame, the only other place I could see him going is like Clemson. But supposedly Alabama was interested in him in this offseason as well. So, I mean, maybe if they have another really good year, Alabama or Clemson comes calling that can just they just offer him money he can't turn down. Um, but but he, I can't see him going anywhere else to be OC. When, when you turn down a job like that, you get fewer calls. I mean, it kind of weeds it out. Once they're like, you didn't leave for Notre Dame, you're not coming to Mississippi mm-hmm. State. You know, they kind of eliminate themselves. He will be a head coach. He should be a head coach. He needs a couple more years on that. But um, when he gets there, I can see him at a Colorado State or a UNLV. UNLV makes a lot of sense to me if they have to hire another coach. Let's say their program gets rolling here because they've got a new coach. Um, and they get going pretty good. And that guy gets a job. Eric Harper, being a K-Stater, might dial up Colin Klein. I'm not so sure he doesn't hold out into a Power 5 job. The new trend is to hire young coaches. I could totally see Colin being that trendy, yeah. young Power 5 coach. If K-State continues to ascend upwards, yeah. How long was Brent Venables? Only, well, that's the only direction you can ascend, by the way. He was at Clemson for far too long, Cole, is the yeah. answer you're, <laughs> I know. you're looking for. Why was Alabama interested in Colin Klein after the bowl game? Because I think he did a good job. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. mean, most of the bowl game issues were yeah, defense. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I think the design of the deuce run probably caught Nick Saban's attention. Sure. Longest run for a touchdown with Nick Saban at Alabama. I mean, that'll get your attention that they're, he's scheming up something. And let's be honest. They probably looked at the film and said, that guy made them competitive and that physically they shouldn't have been. You got Cade Warner out there putting up numbers in the Mm -hmm. Big 12. I I agree with that. And I think part of it, too, is, I mean, they got to spend a whole week at least around him in close quarters. They're preparing for him. They're talking to people about him. Nick Saban understands that Colin Klein knows football. And, yeah, I mean, to answer this question, I I think it's, first of all, just can we just say how, how awesome it is that Colin Klein did turn that down i know we haven't talked about this on a podcast yet i mean i i was genuinely worried about the direction of this program if colin klein left not because players are going to leave not because recruiting isn't is going to go down or anything of that but if you can't keep your highest prize as an assistant coach is k-state really taking a step forward this feels like a giant step forward for k-state and they didn't do anything to you know, raise his salary yet it's going to happen, but they haven't done that yet. It was Colin Klein saying, "No, I, I am a Kansas State Wildcat, and I am staying here." Yeah, I mean, when I went to bed on what was it Thursday, Thursday night, night yeah. uh, he was gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, from everyone you know yeah. we're talking to, it he's he's gone, and part of it was pay. Um, when you start hearing they're upset that K State isn't matching enough of the salary. It's never good. But I also believe Gene Taylor knows exactly what needs to be done. He just didn't have the financial means to do that. Gene isn't an AD that's going to say, we got to pay our guys a million dollars, our coordinators. I'm just going to do it. I don't know where the money's coming from. That's not how he works. And good. Where's this money coming from? Do we have extra money coming in? 
And I think Colin Klein probably electrified the donor base saying, okay, it is, it's right now. We can't wait till next week to talk to you about this because I know for a fact K-State was scheduling appointments to talk to major donors about giving to the Ahern Fund portion that was set, being set aside for contracts, kind of an endowment within the endowment. So it's, um, I think they realized, hey, alumni are calling. What do you need, Gene? What do you need? I, I'm confident that happened. I'm confident they came up with something more, but they can't just for him. They have for Klanderman. I, I put Connor Riley and Van Malone on the same stage, maybe. Um, you know, and then you spill over into basketball. It, it, it's a kind of a spiral, but you've got it's where we're at. It's almost a good thing it happened, though, because I agree. it finally elevates and the, the chances of a K-State coach being poached and it being unmatchable, the likelihood of that is far lower now. Right. You have donors who have finally said, all right, it's time to pay coaches. Well, the fact that the Kansas offense coordinator was getting more money than Colin Klein. Yeah. It, it sets the tone. Let's be real. It's Colin Klein. Yeah. Like he means more to right. K-State donors. He's a than great coach, a great recruiter, but he's symbolic of so much more. And I'm sorry, but when he stands up on the stage after 2012 and they had that promotional video where he says – we're truly a family and nothing's ever going to change that. And that's what he says. And those are his words. And they play it before every football game. I can think that kind of backs it up now. Like that, that makes a little bit more sense now. But K-State dodged one. They really did. Because I I mean, I think the concerns about Avery Johnson following him were real. Um, there's a great bond between the two. It's why in a big part Avery came. Um, and I, I told people this. and I'll just say it now. People wouldn't have been fiercely mad at Colin for leaving for $1.5 million or, you know, whatever the price was. Notre Dame's promoting from within after getting Andy Ludwig, who was K-State's offense coordinator for a couple weeks and a cup of coffee way back when. Um, They hired a guy named Gerard. Yeah. Well, he's their tight end coach. It's okay. Um, I don't even know what I'm saying. But um, look, he, he he's staying. It's the best thing. I forgot where I was going with that, but here we are. Let's move on to the next question. Where was I at? I, don't I, don't know. Know. I was just babbling. Let's go. From Zach, Gills, and Cole. Well, Fitz. Could have just said us. Okay. From us. I wanted to hear oh, my own voice. My oh, Fitz, is the Pac-12 done? Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay, so if you're not following along on Twitter, Twitter was a fantastic place. I had the friends when? today oh. when, when it was running, um, the, today being – I figured uh, you were going to say like it? right when it was invented. Um, Twitter was marvelous, and the friends and family plan was attacking me because there's no way he could be – he could possibly be tired. <laughs> um, we had He's the, off track again. The Chiefs parade. I know. Here we go. Uh, and then also more news breaking about the Pac-12. So – Apparently, CBS and Paramount, not Paramount, um, Turner were interested in bidding on this the Pac-12 rights. Very interesting. Okay, so we already know Fox has dropped out. And if you're not following along, ESPN has essentially dropped out because they're having so many financial issues. The boss said, we're done doing, doing stuff until we get to the NBA. Well, <laughs> that eliminates the Pac-12 unless there was a great deal to be had. So now you've got Fox out, CBS Paramount out, ESPN out. I guess you still got NBC. We're finding out now Amazon doesn't want. There was this story about Amazon wanted the, quote, tonnage, which means add more 
inventory. Get SMU and San Diego State. We won all these games. Now we're hearing it's just the opposite. Amazon wants one game at most. Yeah. They want the best game of the week and put it on Thursday night, probably after football, after NFL football. Well, Apple doesn't want the tonnage. That's not what Apple wants. They don't want all that content from the Pac-12. So who are they getting this money from at this point that the chancellors and presidents put out a statement that claimed they were going to be in great shape. They, they were going to be fine. The future was bright. But they have there's 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 no contract there to keep them together. There's there's nothing out there. I mean people are now making jokes about Pac twelve football on Tubi or Pluto. I mean I don't know what they're gonna do. Buying time on the CW. <laughs> Man, no doubt. You know that guy that you interacted with on Twitter? He deleted his account. I know. It was funny. I called him out for being a troll because he had three followers and he deleted his account. Three followers? Wow. It's more could, than I have. Could work in a, yeah. Yeah. a couple days. I may not have played college basketball, but I can dunk. Hmm. Um, Boom. If you didn't play sports, Fitz, you have no right to talk about it. Exactly. That. Said the person on the other <laughs> end that never played sports. Um, so what is the Pac-12 trying to accomplish? They said, and this is great stuff from Dennis Dodd. Uh, our colleague with CBS Sports, said they went into the negotiations with these rights holders, negotiators, entities, wanting $50 million per school at a 10-conference league. A 10, team conference. 10, team conference, yeah. They wanted $500 million a year for their – and they got laughed at. And it was around, apparently they had an opportunity to come in at around 30, but it was slightly less than the Big 12. So they passed on it. Dennis said they're now looking at as low as $21 million per school. And K-State K and everyone else will be around 32. Plus, let's be honest, what else kicks in there is, folks, the rights were never at 50. The idea is you put so many teams in the NCAA tournament and postseason football, the overall revenue is at $50 million per school. And, and again, it looks like the Big 12 is moving into basketball even heavier because there is value there. Um, and I had a daily delivery about that. But I think the Pac-12 is done. The presidents and chancellors have no clue or they're in total denial. And in fact, some of them continued to be condescending about the Big 12, which I am fascinated by, and just vindictive enough to say, invite Arizona and Arizona State, which haven't, have been pretty clear that particularly Arizona, we're in, and Arizona State seems to have come around now that this is all going on, and sit back and wait till someone kneels and kisses your ring. I'm so fed up with the Pac-12, I don't give a rat's ass if they ever play college sports again, particularly Utah. These people act like they're Ohio State or Michigan, and they belong in the Big Ten, and they can't possibly be in the, the Big 12. Okay, that's fine. That can be arranged. That's that's awesome. Well, we can handle the not being in the Big 12 thing. Let's We'll take care of that. But now I'm hearing it from Washington. I'm hearing it. I don't. I don't know if Oregon's on in that. Like, I don't want Washington and Oregon. I don't want schools that want to be somewhere else. Let's know. Let's get Arizona, Arizona State, and see who else wants in this conference. 
I think Colorado's made a move with Dion that makes sense. They want to be in. I think that might be it. That might be it. Well, I have a perfect company that could fund the Pac-12. Who's that? Valley Sports. Yeah, that's working out really well. <laughs> They're done, by the way. Well, they filed for reorganization. They're going to have yeah. to go bankrupt, yeah. Yeah, they did. They're going to file for bankruptcy, but reorganization. Not hey, at least you get to watch the Royals now. No, uh, they'll still be in some sketchy little corner of the Internet. So, yeah, the Pac-12 is done. Yeah. And I'm happy only because the Pac-12 has been total jerks through this whole thing. And it's their arrogance that that's doing them in. One year ago, they could have handpicked four teams from the Big 12 Conference and invited them in. And they would not be in this situation right now, and the Big 12 would be dead. But their answer was, none of you are worthy of the Pac-12. Oh, how the tables turn. The turntables. That's, that's how the turntables. Yeah. That was an office reference. That was an Anchorman reference. Okay. What a time, though. That BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston all became power whatever. BYU has got to be loving this Oh yeah, this Utah stuff. I don't think they're allowed to give middle fingers, but if they could, I think they would. The fact that Utah is basically volunteering to destroy their own athletic department because they're too good for the Big 12 is one of the greatest things I've ever heard of in college athletics. You're so arrogant for no reason, you're willing to drive off the cliff while yelling, follow me, I know the way. That's exactly what some of these Pac-12 presidents and chancellors are doing. Mm-hmm. Good riddance, be gone. It's, I, I I love what Brett Yormark's doing. He's just kind of sitting back there, and once in a while he'll just say, hey, uh, if anyone wants to call, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> because he knows it's going to happen. It's going to happen. They're going to call, and uh, he'll, he'll handpick who he wants in. But I... Look, I'm not the only one that's probably taking notes about how some of these universities, whether it's alumni or actual administrators, are appearing, what they're saying about the Big 12. So, good. Fitz, just to be clear, are you a fan of the Pac-12 and its fans? I I can't tell. Again, I come back to this. When I say cultural fits, um, and by the way, that's F-I-T-S. I'm not... I mean, that could be one of my podcasts. You could be cultural cultural fits. fits. It would be a podcast for me. I don't mean liberal, conservative, uh, you know, anything like that. I just mean valuing college athletics. And Cal and Stanford don't. They're out for me. So there's a couple layers to this. First of all, what do you bring to the table? And do you value college athletics? So Cal and Stanford are non-starters for me. And Washington and Oregon are non-starters for me only because of they clearly want to be in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. We're, we'll sign a five- to seven-year agreement, but we're probably going to leave after that. Okay, good. We don't want you. No. No, we've we've had enough black eyes. We want people that want to be here for the long term. We want schools. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> they kind of eliminate themselves pretty easily. I feel for Washington State and Oregon State, and I tweeted this out today also. I feel for them. Those are great fans with really pretty good athletic departments, particularly Oregon State's good in everything yeah. except the most important stuff. And basketball. Yeah, football, basketball. Yeah. Um, but geography just kind of gets them. Size of their school and their following get them. 
the exact same things, why Kansas State was supposedly going to be left out when the Pac-12 was dancing on the grave of the Big 12. So as much as I feel compassion for them, you made it very clear it's about survival because everyone was ready to, to destroy the Big 12 a couple years ago. And it didn't happen. And in all honesty, I think in 20 years, the Big 3 conferences will be I don't know what the names will be, but they'll be the Big Ten, Big 12, and SEC. ACC is just waiting to blow up, and the Pac-12 is waiting to blow up one sooner, one later. And the Big 12, Brett Yormark's put him in great shape, great leadership. Go watch that DD about adding Gonzaga and Villanova and exactly why he's looking to do it. I think Creighton would be on that list and St. John's. You'll have 16 football, maybe eventually 20 football and 20 and 24 for basketball and all other sports. These conferences are so big. We can't go to – how does tennis go to games? Well, because now you have 24 schools and you have regional play. You don't play everyone in your conference in those sports. You just don't. You might play some, but you won't, and then you have a conference tournament. Have you ever done like a daily delivery on realignment? Be a good idea. I, I probably should do one. Yeah, but see, that's my problem. That was way too long for a daily delivery. Yeah, <laughs> well, we got to break few, them up into topics. We got a few fired ups out of that. Yeah, do if we need them. From oh, I thought that was it. No, we got a few more, yeah, buddy. More you put, I thought you were going to put that in the last. I was no, so confused. I kept going. <laughs> From K Ross five one eight, can you speak a bit on Mister Veneer's legacy in mm-hmm. regards to K State athletics? Where is the football program without him and his family's generosity? This doesn't exist. It doesn't. Without him stepping up um, and trusting Bill Snyder and John Weefold, um, that I mean, Bill Snyder wouldn't have stayed. The only reason Bill Snyder put money in is, you know, because Jack was willing to put money in. And there was just a bond instantly between those two men. Jack trusted Bill Snyder emphatically. And the Veneer family's always been generous. I'm from Salina. They're from Brookville. Um, and so much in Salina is got the veneer fingerprints on them. And it, if you ever met Jack and Donna, uh, Donna who passed away earlier, um, you would have never, ever known that they just weren't wealthy. They were really wealthy. I mean, he, he just got in at the bottom level with Archer Daniels Midland and owned stock. And I've told this story before. I remember working at the Slime Journal in the late 1980s when the the uh, stock market dropped, and we wrote a story about the Veneers holdings and ADM stock dropped to like $200 million, dropped to like $200 million, um, and that was the 80s, late 80s. But So you would never know they had this kind of money. They were so humble and generous with their money. Um, I hope nobody ever... 30 years from now considers taking that name off that building. When they have to renovate the Veneer football complex, uh, I won't be here. Um, Someone needs to stand up and say, no, this complex wouldn't be here at all without the Veneer family. It should never be removed, as Bill Snyder's name should never be removed from the stadium because none of it would exist without them. Because if you aren't familiar with the truth of it, Bill Snyder was the last-ditch effort. And outside of that, K-State was going to follow Wichita State into non-football existence in the Missouri Valley. 
It was a plan. It wasn't a thought. It was an actual plan. It was time to give up and move on. So they were literally putting money, betting. They were betting with K-State down double digits in the second half that there would be a rally and a win. Jack Veneers, smarter than Tim Fitzgerald. The watch party in heaven mm. for when K-State has their first game in September is going to be yep. is going to be amazing. That would be pretty cool. At, at, uh, special people, amazing people. The, the kids are all amazing. John, Mary, all of you, I love you. I mean, they're just an amazing family. Last question comes from Kansas Powercat13. If you could add a sport to Kansas State, what would it be and why? Two. We have to add two. You got to add men's or women's? Yeah, mm. I would think, right? It's not what the question says. Doesn't, doesn't We don't need to think about the logistics here. Okay. Wrestling, they'd be the most successful. I believe that. Now, just, just with the culture of wrestling in the state, I think they'd be the most successful at wrestling. Personally, I think softball would probably be Those the one answers. sport I would want to add. Because you could, I mean, it would, it would, you would get a lot of people out to go watch softball games. Not saying you couldn't build a culture for wrestling because Nebraska has a culture for wrestling and a culture for softball. But if I could add two sports, I would add softball. And they add also wrestling. have a culture for Runza. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I love Runza. I know it's delicious, but Overrated. it's not, it's not a Whataburger. So you would say softball and wrestling fits? Yeah, I think they're. Which, which one would you rather add hypothetically first? Softball. Yeah. But. That goes back to my thought that we're offering a sport that doesn't make sense to me, and mm-hmm. I don't want to hear from that people, so I'll skip over it. Yes. Um, yeah, I would. I would have softball at the women's side already. I don't know what you do for a facility because you're you're filling up out here. I mean, maybe you build a decent field on the rec fields. You could definitely do that. That could be used by them. How about you? How about you do this? Here's my here's my wild idea for K State twenty years from now. Okay. Yeah, add softball. And you basically build that complex where the rec center is now, and you turn Ahern into the rec facility. And that is your on-campus rec center. Not big enough? I don't know. I'm thinking about my own answer. Okay, right go now. ahead. Um, but wrestling can be in the volleyball center, by the way. That's That was my yes. In an NIL environment that college sports are transitioning to right now and seeing – how popular it is. It's probably the third most popular sport in the SEC right now. I'm going to say gymnastics, especially now that you have former Olympians, people that went to the Olympics in 2021 in Tokyo. They are college athletes now. They don't have to be pro. They can literally go and do college, do all these brand deals or whatever, make their money because they're allowed to now. And it's really good. It's a really good product right now. You can watch it on ESPN on Sunday afternoons. You know, when they put on these big duels, like the the most crowded that Lloyd Noble Center has been in the last however many years, it's gymnastics. Yeah, they huge. sell that thing out. It, and honestly, if you want to look at Oklahoma's move to the SEC, and if you just want to look at gymnastics, it is 100% the right move for them. They get to actually compete against proper teams in the SEC. That's a good one, Zach. But when you look at... Livy Dunn from LSU, mm-hmm. probably the most popular student athlete right now so in should, all of sports. I should go look at Libby Dunn from LSU. You could. But she's popular on social media. You know that she goes to LSU. If you could do that, just even half of the rate for an athlete at K-State, it would do tremendously I'd for see, the university. I'd see, she, I'd see why she's popular. Yes. Okay. Gilbert? Cricket. Cricket. 
Wow, that's that is out 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 of the box. Actually, out of the continent thinking. In case they'd add ping pong instead, that'd be good. No, I <clears throat> I don't have much of a strong opinion one way or another, to be honest. Um, I I like your answer, but it threatens my standing as the greatest tumbling run in Manhattan history. Was me leaving Dirty Dogs one night? So yeah, yeah. Was this my birthday? No, no, no. You were you were like twelve. Yeah. Well, was... you you had a good tumble out of that that one that time too. I didn't. I don't think I did. No. Oh. Maybe you just missed the curb. Oh yeah. No, this was down the stairs. This was <laughs> a good tumbling run. No, I think softball and wrestling just make the most sense. It's offered in high schools, corner to corner of the state, um, and you know, I, look, I'm I'm not thinking that you only can offer sports that your state kids are good at. But I'll say this, K-State football without Kansas high school football would be really bad. Why is there no softball when the World Series is four hours away from town? I'm with you, man. I don't understand. Softball would be the first one I'd add. Yeah. It really would be. And then if you wanted to go to Europe and recruit players, that'd be fine if you can find them. To play cricket? To, to play softball. Yes. Yes. You got to go one over. Got to go to the Commonwealth yeah. countries. What about rugby? Club rugby's pretty good. That's just... Uh, I don't know that, that. No, not in the age of concussions. I can't see them adding rugby. It's too close to other sports. Too similar. Like cricket, sure. Gymnastics, sure. And ping pong, sure. That's it for the podcast. That's it. I think that's it. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Did done. I say that was the final question that I, I do I don't my even, job? I don't listen to you. Yeah, I know. You Thanks don't. for listening to us, though. Even though Ryan Gilbert was here. Then Zach sneezing and Cole's colon. <laughs> wow, that really was something different than I thought it would sound like. For Fitz and Zach and Colsey and Gilsey, we're done. Come back next week. We'll talk more. Thank you for listening to the Power Cat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. 
reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.